Pickaxe. Hey all, I'm Dr. Alok Kanoja, but the internet knows me as Dr. K. I spent seven years studying to become a monk and then became a psychiatrist. I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, Healthy Gamer GG where we combine my clinical experience of practicing psychiatry and sprinkle in years of experience as a meditation teacher and sort of focus on spirituality. So on the podcast, we're going to approach very common everyday problems from each of these lenses. And what we really do well is blend science and spirituality to create the most accessible solutions for people for their everyday problems. So check us out at Healthy Gamer GG on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. Hello, and welcome back to the Review of Death. I'm Matt, and I'm joined by Billy. Hello, Billy. Hello. How are you doing? You all right? I'm all right. I, it, we should explain that we're not in our lovely, cosy office. Uh, no. People may have already been able to tell over audio. You can you've, certainly see you've it. You've got four men with you on, on, on your end. I've got four men on my end. That's quite right, Matthew. <laughs> it already, already descended into smut. Excellent. Um, yeah, we're not in the studio because uh, I have come into contact with someone who has COVID-19 and I potentially have it myself. So uh, uh, we can't use the studio uh, for this episode and probably not next week's episode either. Uh, um, so, uh, yes, we're going to be recording from home. So hopefully the sound quality won't be too bad and, you know, it should be all good. Um, well, today we're going to be talking about the most recent episode of Flux, Chapter 4, The Village of the Angels, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Did you enjoy it, Billy? I enjoyed it an awful, awful lot, yes. It was excellent. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but before we get into that, there's been a few f- bits of news over the past week. Uh, it was Doctor Who Day yesterday, as of recording this. It was the 23rd of November. Uh, 58 years of Doctor Who. It feels like 57 um it was a good day we were just sort of talking about you know what had come out and we we, i don't think we were expecting much really expecting anything i just thought we might just get a few things on the bbc twitter saying oh happy whatever and then we got that little um tribute video and i thought oh that's it that's all we're gonna get um so it was a surprise when we had two announcements yeah, it was it was fantastic. I think it kind of sets a tone for future Doctor Who days that yeah. we kind of would expect an announcement, you know, yeah. for that sort of thing. But yeah, so we obviously uh, find out that the next Doctor Who animation is going to be the Abominable Snowmen, the worst kept secret in history. Yeah, um, but that was very exciting, and and the animation I thought looked fantastic. It was like um, it's the same sort of Fury from the Deep type thing, but it looks yes. like they've got a lot more money yeah. on this one. It, it, it looks brilliant really good quality i was really impressed uh and like a proper trailer because in the past we've sort of got like a shot of something with a bit of radiophonic sound over the back um so to actually see it properly and actually see some proper movement and stuff it looked really really great and uh, i think they, they did a good job showing off the best best bits of the animation like, yes you know, this this is how far this one has been able to come along like even the shot of the doctor kneeling yeah like, was like oh I, 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 for some reason, can't imagine the other animations being able to achieve that, yeah. even the ones that have come out in the last, like, two years. Um, so that was really, really, yeah, cool to see. Um, so we got that announcement. And then, of course, we got 
uh, a little teaser image for the festive New Year's special, um, which is going to be called Storage Unit of the Daleks or something like that, according to the, <laughs> the little synopsis that was posted on the BBC Press Centre. Um, and a, a cool promo image of the, the TARDIS with all those scratches. Yeah. What do you think that's all? Well, it would seem that the stuff from Flux that's happening to the TARDIS is going to keep on going because uh, I assumed that it will be fixed by the end of the series, but clearly not. Or, or clearly whatever happens in the finale um, of Flux has taken its toll even more on the TARDIS than what we've seen before. Or perhaps it's not. Perhaps this isn't a Flux thing, what's happening to the TARDIS. Perhaps this is something else again. And that's going to lead into f- further episodes in uh, 2022. But uh, yeah, there's some good good guest stars in it. We've got uh, Ashling B and... Um, Wasser Chops, Mrs. Doyle. I can't. I don't know her in real name, so I'm just <laughs> going to say Mrs. Mrs. Doyle's in Doctor Who, which is quite <laughs> remarkable. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Nothing said about Daleks. Nothing said about the main characters either. Obviously, they've kept everything no. very quiet because they don't want to spoil Flux. I think that's for the best. I mean, I think we can probably assume from promo photos that have come out that it's going to be the Doctor Yaz and Dan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nothing's ever guaranteed, obviously, on Doctor Who. No. Um, the infinity symbol was an interesting thing that cropped yeah. up. Obviously, it's formed out of the 22 in 22 as t- yeah. 2020. Uh, and then they used an, a, an infinity emoji on the posts. Um, infinity of the Daleks? I don't know. It sounds like a cool title. Yeah. I'd like- whatever, whatever that would mean. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to mean anything. What does revelation of the Daleks mean in the context of the story? Nothing. Something is revealed. Uh, what's revealed in Revelation of the Daleks? Uh, Davros. The, the great healer is Davros. Yeah. Whoa, what? Yeah. That's crazy. It, wasn't look like, it doesn't look like his head in a jar or anything. That's mad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's really exciting. But yep. before we even get anywhere near there, we've still got to finish Flux. And we yep. got one step closer on Sunday night with Village of the Angels. I was a bit scattergun in my approach of watching it. I was only I was filming on the Monday. Yeah. Um, on location. So I only managed to watch the first half an hour. Then I oh, had to wow. go downstairs for dinner. And then after dinner, I came back upstairs and watched the last, whatever it was, 20 or 30 minutes uh, I, of the episode on my phone. So I thought you would have had like a communal watch of the episode. No, no. It, I mean, no, it didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. And Is that what you hoped was going to happen? I was like, how are we all not going upstairs immediately to watch it in someone's room? Why are we waiting until like eight o'clock to have dinner? But um, yeah, no, it was it was not the best viewing experience watching it on my phone in a, in a Premier Inn. Oh no, um, on your phone. Oh gosh. Could, could yeah, you I managed to telly? watch the, I got the first half an hour on the telly. Right. But obviously the telly doesn't have... Um, uh, I player in the in the Premier End, so that was a bit of, bit of a bummer. But I've got to say, I thought it was very very good. Um, it was. But I mean, I think it was probably maybe the best episode of this series so far. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Sontaran one was excellent as well, and I really enjoyed that. But I think maybe this one just overtakes it ever so slightly. Yeah. I, I think that it, you know, we kind of mentioned before that we, we suspected it was going to be the more standalone episode. Yeah. And I think it, it's really interestingly positioned because it kind of has that feeling of that mid-series bump that we were talking about before, like the two-parter 
that hooks you in for the rest of the series because it gives yeah. you enough of a revelation about what's to come or it's a re- returning villain. Obviously, it is a returning villain in the title as well, so that helps. But, um, yeah, I just thought that it, 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 it did away with the flux enough that you're looking forward to seeing what comes comes up becomes of it like kind of later on yeah um but it, it still wasn't entirely divorced from that narrative obviously you've still got all the stuff with bell and vinda and uh and neil from the in-betweeners yes. um, and all that kind of stuff interesting that azure and passenger were the only two of that thruple to actually appear in the story yeah so what do you reckon that's all about what do you think they're up to i mean obviously they're taking these people from different planets but why what's that What's their uh, end game with all that? Do you think Azure's going into business for herself on that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we saw them use people as hostages, didn't we, in the previous story in yeah, the past? Yeah. So I don't know. Is that because interesting that that we didn't see Swarm at all? You know, no, no. Maybe he was busy. Maybe he was busy doing other naughty things elsewhere. Devilish, devilish things with yeah. all the other passengers that were left behind. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, someone did that Carvanista Dan fanfic. Somebody can do something with Swarm and Passenger, I'm sure. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, did you, that was... Uh, I, I saw mean, the censored one. Okay. I don't know if I... I don't know what I saw. I saw too much, but whatever <laughs> it was, it I was saw. too much. <laughs> I, I didn't need to see it. Uh, and I don't think whoever decided to tag... John's uh, bishop oh. into it. What a what a stupid bloody thing to do! What, what planet do you do that? Moron, um, ridiculous. I really, I really hope John Bishop didn't see that because I know yes. John Bishop's been enjoying all of Doctor Poop's hilarious videos. Yeah, um, which is like you know that is that is the side of fandom that you want him to see. Like you want him to see the wholesome stuff and the funny stuff. I don't think uh, we want John Bishop to see the smut side of things because then he'll be like, oh dear. Thank God it's only a one and done series for me. I couldn't cope with this for a few years. <laughs> exactly. Run away from Twitter, John Bishop, before it gets any worse. Yeah. Um, so wh- where should we start, Matt? Should we start from the beginning? You're going to have to hold my hand through this I'll, one. I'll hold, I'll hold your hand. Um, so you've only seen it the once, haven't you? Yes. So I've wa- I watched it twice, so I should know this story quite well. So we have the Doctor and co arriving in this village Great start because it felt like an old school Doctor Who. You have an old village with old fuddy-duddy peoples and like mad professors. That's brilliant. That's exactly what you want from a Doctor Who. And I think this is why this story worked so well. It's because watching it, I kept thinking to myself, you could have any Doctor in this story and it would work. (laughs) It didn't have to be Jodie. And I thought she was excellent. I thought she did a really, really good job. Um, And again, I keep saying week on week, I'm enjoying her Doctor more each time um to the point now i'm sort of thinking oh it is kind of a shame that she's going uh next year because i feel like she's been given so much good material this year and so many moments to shine as the doctor um where she may have not before um and it's just like oh it seems to be the curse you know we have the same trouble with peter capaldi he found his feet and then he had to go um which is a real bummer um I thought the whole thing with the angels and um, Yaz and jo- uh, what's John Bishop called? Dan. Dan. See, 
<laughs> We've had four weeks. I can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> Dan and Yaz going after that weeping angel, the uh, scarecrow weeping angel, although it just turned out to be a, an angel. I was hoping it would be some sort of new twist Anthony on the Ainley. angels. Anthony Ainley, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing in this story? <laughs> um, that was really good. I think the directing for this episode was very impressive. It was very tense, the whole thing. Um, it didn't really didn't really let up. I think it well, the only time it sort of paused for a breather was when we had the scenes with um Vinda and Belle doing their mm. their thing. Um, but the whole thing, it was it just it grabbed you immediately. And I, I really standout moments for me, that scene. Because you're, you're right, I, I thought when you said the kind of respite might have been that scene on the beach between Claire, the Angel and the 13th Doctor. But actually, thinking about it, that the way that's set up and yeah. the, 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 that whole thing, it, it kind of just makes you... It, it, it is a tense standoff because, yeah. you know, it, it's obviously a standoff to a degree. But then obviously the mention of Division and the revelations about Division... And the kind of wider implications for that, you know, reaching as far back as the planet of gold, you know, like it's a really interesting, cool, yeah, like moment to have all of that stuff just unveiled to everybody. And and because it, it, it for the first time, it kind of felt like a flat sort of like here's some division stuff yeah. finally, and and they didn't kind of dance around it, and no. you know, Jody was able to react to, to something or the 13th doctor was able to react to something that actually felt like a bombshell. Mm. Um, and obviously there's a much bigger bombshell later on. Um, but yeah, ju- just from beginning to end, it was gripping. Yeah. And you're right. It didn't let go of you. It, it was, it was, the setting was fantastic. The, the little threads through it, like you said, the thing about the cl- kind of classic who thing where you've got the, the older, woman sort of like lingering around in the shadows yeah. what's the, what's that about and uh, you kind of see it a mile off to yeah a did, you, did you guess it was her did you guess it was a little girl yeah but by by about her second appearance yeah i thought well we know that someone's going to get sat back at some point um and we know that that girl's probably been sat back because there's angels everywhere yeah um but what i didn't expect and what and one of the coolest visuals of the whole thing was that whole thing about the, the village being cut off by space yeah it was just in this nowhere and it was receding and you know the village was kind of crumbling into this infinity i just thought that it, it, i've always had phobias in like video games where you walk through a wall and you just fall through the infinite oh, yeah. sort of blackness of it and i was just like man that that self some deep triggers for me about that kind of thing yeah um i think yeah, this is I, I, I loved it one thing that flux is doing incredibly well is it's creating some great imagery for each story mm. real real good stuff that's really sticking out in people's minds you know i think with the sontaran story you know the stuff like the spaceships in liverpool dock and obviously the massive uh, um battle between the uh the british and the sontarans which was amazing or you know sontaran on a horse you know that's become a thing in and of itself and then with this like I said, you know, you've got that incredible image of the village hanging in space, which is an incredibly Doctor Who-y thing to do. Yeah. Um, and it, it for, for me, it felt like something that you'd expect to see in a Doctor Who comic. Like this was mm. like sort of almost kind of like Eighth Doctor era um, DWM comics, uh, which I loved. I thought it was great. And, uh, you know, the angels themselves 
tied into that because they got a lot of really great moments because I think yeah. with the angels, they almost feel like a bit of a one trick pony. Um, like a lot of Doctor Who monsters, you know, whenever they bring back a Doctor Who monster, like the Autons or the Silurians, you always sort of think, well, what can you do with the Silurians that hasn't been done before, you know? Uh, and I think they, Maxine Alderton and um, Chibnall did a, a fantastic job. And I think she has really proven herself to be mm. one of the great things about the most recent series of Doctor Who, because she did a fantastic job with the Cybermen last year with the haunting of Villa Diodati. And now she's just proven herself again that she's she's like the go-to woman for a horror yeah. Doctor Who. I, and I think it was interesting there what you said about the Weeping Angels that I think this episode kind of and I, I know they've always been great and they've always been seen as sort of like the top ten baddies of all time or whatever. Yeah. Um, or monsters, but I think this solidified them as being up there with Daleks. Cybermen, Sontarans, yeah. you know, Silurians, that kind of thing. Um, because, like you say, they are kind of a one-trick pony in that they've got a gimmick, that, but, but it could be tiresome after a yeah. while, you know? And, you know, all that don't blink. It's, you know, you're guaranteed if you press, you know, uh, control F on that script, there's going to be about 900 uses of the word blink. Yeah. In it. But... The fact that they that they didn't feel um, like old hat in this, no. and, and like I think that just proves that as a as a monster, as a concept, as a as a thing, they work so well that you can now have however many stories you like, and that's all they need to do. Yeah. Really, you know, obviously we've got some revelations about them and them as a species. I think I preferred the way that they communicated that they yes. used their voice in this. Yeah. Um, you know, using um, Kevin McNally's character's voice back at him through the telly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Doctor Who sometimes does that thing where somebody doesn't have a character until they have some really long bit of dialogue that explains they're wounded or they're a bit hurt or there's something a bit cracked about them or they did something bad in their past. Yeah. And it's a line of dialogue and it can kind of feel a bit cheaty. Yeah. But I don't, I think it must be because it must be Kevin McNally, but it, it, also the script. That, that whole thing about Jericho, you know, um, trying to find answers in other things because you can't work yourself out, that kind of whole thing, was brilliant. Yeah. And added another layer of, like, real cynicism to the, the, the angels that yeah. they can they can break somebody down at a character level like that. Yeah. You know, it, make, it makes them less kind of boo-jump-scare monsters and more cerebral. Yeah, there's a there's a psychological element to them that, you know, we always sort of seen them in, I guess, in um, Time of Angels and um, whatever the second part of that story was called. Mm. Um, you know, there was an element of that. But I think this story really exploited that um, for the, you know, for the benefit of the story. It, it was just, yeah, very well done. Um, and I just like the way that, um, like you were saying, with Kevin McNally's character, you know, he could have just been oh, I'm a, I'm a mad boffin type, um, which he was, but played incredibly well by Kevin McNally. He was excellent, um, a brilliant guest actor. He's, he's redeemed himself from... He uh, has. <laughs> I think maybe we have to get him on now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to ask him if he actually did bite Nicola's bum. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, the, maybe the arc is complete at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, and I, I liked that 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 little line about oh, you know, 
I, I was one of the first troops in Belson and nothing will ever compare to the horrors of what I saw there. Um, so that was cool. I, I liked that. I liked that, that, you know, it just added a little extra something, you know, it didn't need to be there, but it just gave uh, an extra layer to his character. Um, I think another thing with the angels that was very good and sort of built on what we'd seen before was all of that stuff, that bit of lore that Moffat had developed for Matt Smith's first series of, you know, the, the image of an angel, that, that thing, which was utilized a lot this time around, but in very clever ways, um, you know, you had that, the one coming out of the TV. Um, the lie detector was so good. Very it, clever. It was, it was one of those things where it kind of, it gave you enough in the visual storytelling and the dialogue yeah. for you to go, oh no. Yeah, you and know where this is going. Happened, you go, that's, oh no, that's so good. Yeah, and I loved that bit when, um, when it appeared out of the drawing and then the doctor sets it on fire and then you've got that yeah, on fire it, angel and she's like, oh, made it worse. And it was like such a doctory moment to just be like, oh, that's quite a nonchalant way of talking yeah. about this terrible situation. And, you know, I just, I just yeah, she was just brilliant. I, I, there was so much of Jodie in this story that I just thought, oh, she's, she's bloody doing brilliantly. And this, yeah, it was good to see. Yeah, again, it's 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 a sense of vindication um, yeah. that everybody is get, is enjoying her um, as much as you know people who have enjoyed her at this level for the last two seasons of the program. Yeah, um, but you know that it's it's not. It, I'm not blind to the fact that she is being given better stuff to do. Yeah, uh, and I, I think. Again, it's that whole thing. You, you stick her in a one-on-one -on -one confrontation with a villain, and if the villain's good, Jodie is going to sell yeah. that villain because you know it's it's like the weight of the of of, of the situation that she's facing. Because it did feel like a really weighty story, even though you didn't quite get the implications of, of course, Yaz and Dan being sent back in time. Yeah, you didn't quite get the implications of that. It was in nineteen oh one they get sent back to. Um, until you don't really get the implication until the end, it still felt like it had that kind of earth shock, doom laden feel. Yes, but there's there's going to be a big shift in something mm. by the end of the episode, um, yeah. and and obviously you know the the big one being the Doctor has become an angel, has been yeah. recalled by Division, yeah, um, and that Yaz and Dan and Kevin McNally's character Jericho. Um, and the little girl are stuck Trapped in 1901. In yeah. Uh, and and well, three years, isn't it? Going by the next time trailer. It's <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. The doctor actually just didn't, wasn't, it wasn't able to help them. No. Like, and they've kind of won. The angels have won. Yeah. You know, in that way. And that is why I think for all we've complained about it in the past, not having everything told to you through trailers yeah. through promotional materials it, it's for moments like that where you think jesus wow right okay and it's the same with the cliffhangers yeah. you know it's it's a proper it's a properly brilliant doctor who moment that and i i think deservedly will be seen as one of the greatest cliffhangers oh, um, for sure for sure. I mean, I mean even, had... even even to the point where the BBC actually put a video out. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see the video that they put on Twitter of Jodie saying, no. oh, there's going to be a, a, some spoilers, 
you know, in oh, this I episode. Did see that, so yes. yeah, don't don't yeah. spoil it. Uh, which was quite amusing after the week before, like BBC Twitter put out a picture of Joe Martin lunchtime the next day, not even twenty-four hours after the episode had aired. I know. And and it wasn't wasn't um uh, an independent article leaked. Yes, yeah, it came out yeah, early. It was I, published early. Yeah, I, I didn't catch it, thankfully. No, normally. Um and I remember uh when I was having dinner, my phone went off and I thought I, I'm not gonna look at it because it might be the yeah. Doctor Who Twitter account. Yeah. Um but it was you and it was just all caps, do not go on Twitter. That was it was yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. It was like okay, yeah, right. So it's something big, scumbag. Yeah, because that was um, it. It was it was all over Twitter immediately. Like people just can't help themselves; they can't keep their gums no, shut for whatever reason. No, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, like people know not to be on Twitter, though. You know, that during- is true. Yeah, I mean, I my my phone is away when whenever yeah. Doctor Who's on. You know, because in, invariably I never watch it as it's going out. Like we, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. We were we were sat down ready to watch it, and it was you know mum was like oh I, I've just got to finish something, so I was like that's fine, yeah. we'll just pause it and we'll just catch up as it you know as it happens. So yeah, I, I, yeah, keep the phone away, keep away from Twitter. Um, obviously, it's a nuisance for people who aren't going to be watching it for you know mm. maybe like the next day or something. That's more of a mm. problem. But um, yeah, I think this series you really really need to be off of social media um, unless you're going to watch it when it goes out sort of thing um didn't i see uh you said on twitter that you've got a theory about something in this episode i do i do uh wait it is 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 it do you want to put a fiver down on it uh oh no i don't want to put a fiver down on it it's not it's (laughs) it's not really a theory it's just um okay we'll talk about it now seeing as we're talking about it so obviously we have the cliffhanger that the doctor becomes an angel which was very good very exciting and we then are treated to a variation of the Doctor Who theme. Now, what was missing from that theme tune? The bass line. Yeah, the dum-de-dums. Now, what do we, you know, what because of new series Doctor Who, what do we know the, what do we know that to mean? Time Lord Heartbeat. And of course, the Doctor has now become stone, so she no longer has a heartbeat. Interesting. Because I, I, when it happened, I was like, that's really cool and haunting. I was like, but there must be a reason why they've done that or why Sagan has done that. And I thought, geez, oh, I've just knocked all my uh, microphone over. <laughs> <laughs> Gesticulating too excitement. much. The excitement. Yeah, I thought, well, it must be because she's she's petrified. She has no heartbeat. So it's just the ooey oohs. Very we're cool. What did you think about the, um, the bell bit cutting in to the credits that annoyed me i was a bit irked by that because i was like ah oh, you've just given us this because at first i thought oh my god there's there's something else there's going to be another yeah. big reveal uh and then i was disappointed it was just uh i, I, I love I, you I, I love you i've gone off to wherever and uh, the canals <laughs> aren't here anymore so i'll see you later vinder bye uh, <laughs> uh yeah i was annoyed yeah, it did feel like quite a come down. It kind of yeah. felt like, you know, the reaction literally was, "Whoa, holy shit! Oh my god!" And then, and then the credits. You go, "Whoa, what is going on?" Then yeah. the crackle comes in. Whoa, oh my god! There's more. And then that scene. And then you're left kind of going, "Oh, yeah, right, okay." Well, that cliffhanger was good, wasn't it? 
you know, but it kind of took the wind out of the sails. It kind of stole that moment. There's absolutely no reason why that that bit couldn't have been, yeah, you know, Anywhere directly else. after the last last time we see um, Neil and bloody um, Bell yeah. on yeah. the planet. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like Vinder. He's fine, and you know, I don't really have any sort of strong opinions about Bell, um, but. I'm not really that fussed in what's going on mm. with those two. Not enough for, you know, I thought having that little aside where we see her see all that stuff with Passenger and Azure, that was fine. I thought, okay, this is good. It breaks up the episode. This is our little moment to breathe. And it shows us that other things are going on in the wider narrative. And it, and it, it kind of gives you the, the, sw- the swarm Azure Passenger appearance for the episode without them yeah. interfering in the main plot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then, yeah, I don't care enough for it to potentially damage one of the best Doctor Who cliffhangers we've had in, well, ever. Um, yeah. yeah. It was just, uh, yeah, a, a bit of a weird decision. You know, I could have I could have happily have gone another another week and not known that, you know, Vinda had turned up on that planet and found out that she'd buggered off somewhere else. I, I, I feel weird about their storyline because it's obviously leading somewhere yeah with a with, you know them reuniting right yeah. but yeah like i like vinda you know uh bell seems like a cool character but we haven't spent an awful lot of time with her in a setting that isn't her on her own really yeah. you know obviously we have our stuff with with neil from the in-betweeners but <clears throat> i don't think that when when we had that was it in uh the third episode the end of the third episode where we had that split screen and it was them yeah um in different parts and i thought okay so that's that's what they did after their characters left the show they went Mm. off and they looked for each other and it's kind of a hopeful thing it doesn't sort of you know tell you everything you need to know but i was like oh that's a nice send-off for their characters and i kind of feel like now we're just sort of treading water with them it kind of feels like their bit's done you know yeah yeah um i i was saying this to someone else that you know they're they're obviously being kept around they're obviously being kept around for a reason yeah and i really hope it is not the reason that you suggested that they're the doctor's mum and dad because that would be fecking shite i would not be (laughs) (laughs) oh well you know Maybe he's right again. Maybe he's wrong. We can we can but wait and see what happens. So so what what do you think about the whole division thing? The revelations that the weeping angels uh, or some of the weeping angels have worked for the division. Like again, I I've I feel like I've lost a grip on what the hell the division actually is because last year it felt very much like oh okay we're we're time lords and we're like time lord secret service that's what we are. Now of course we're being told oh well the uh, the dog people, the Lupari, they're involved in some description. We've now got the Weeping Angels have been involved in some description. Oh, and now, again, oh, every planet, every race, blah, blah, blah. You know, what What are they? What is what is going I on? Are ass- they from the past? Are they omnipresent? If you, it, yeah, well, that, that's, that, that's an interesting take, isn't it? Like, I would, I would take it to be that they are from the past, as, yeah. as you know or, or they have been part of the past at some point and that maybe maybe 
that they've been reactivated as like a as like a cell or something because mm. in, in my in my head they're like a black ops for you know the cia yeah um celestial intervention agency and they've got their sort of like pockets of of allies that help them but it, de- it definitely feels like time lord dirty work it definitely feels like th- this is who we send out to get stuff yeah. done so we can make sure we're the only ones with time travel or whatever and that whatever they do leads to their policy of non-interference because they do something really terrible. Um, And that everybody knows the secrets of the Time Lords, but they also know they're almighty and all-powerful. And if anybody tried to leak those secrets, you know, Mm. they wouldn't last long. So, you know, the Division is some sort of like, not not literally MKUltra, but it has that that same kind of like, you know, redacted sort of part of Time Lord history. And maybe rather than, scrubbing stuff out in a black pen like with a document um in that kind of redacted thing you you redact them from time yeah. or you know you, you, something like that but i know what you mean that it it feels a bit nebulous but that's only because we we are being drip fed stuff still yeah you know about the division do you think we might find out more this week because obviously they kept jody's appearance in this uh, the next time trailer purely to she's a statue um, I know some people were sort of saying, oh, do you think this will be like a Dr. Light story? Which I really hope it isn't because, you know, we haven't got many episodes left with Jodie. So I'd like to see as much of her as we possibly can. Um, do you think they're just keeping it quiet? Do you think she'll end up on planet whatever and then she'll be un- unstatued and be given a-, a PowerPoint presentation about what the division is and we'll actually learn some stuff? I could see her not being in next week's at all. Do you reckon? I could, I, I could see her not doing anything until maybe like midway through the last episode where she's finally sort of like freed or whatever. And then she gets to do her like big speech about, I've actually worked out what all this is and I know how to stop you sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I could see that happening because we don't really know how much of this, this week's upcoming story, how much of that has to do with all the stuff we've seen on the wires in that sort of temple sort of yeah. spot. Um, Kevin McNally's character is obviously back in it again this week. Um, and we've got Williamson back in it. So I, I would assume they're in his tunnels from the yeah. promo photos that we've seen. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it, I, I think we'll get the answer to that this week. I don't mm. think we'll get the answer to the division. Yeah. Um, and I don't expect Jodie to be in it an awful lot, to be honest. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think Division will be saved for the final story. Okay. Um, and that is because, you know, they have been very pointed in mentioning the Doctor's past lives and knowing about them and giving you your memories back and all that kind of stuff. I think the amount of times that's been mentioned, how central it was to the third episode um, and obviously in the conversation that the Doctor had with the Angel, I think really that has to be resolved for the in finale. episode six. Yeah. Um, before we uh, talk any more about what we expect further, one thing we haven't mentioned is the character of Claire in this story. Yeah. Uh, um, some people seem to be a bit confused because she, she was like, Oh, you know, I, 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 she found the doctor and Yaz in the 21st century, as we saw in the first episode. Yeah. And she knew who the doctor was. She knew who Yaz was and what the TARDIS was and all this kind of stuff. Um, and some people were confused. Were like, well, how does she know that? How does she know that? But I think that was sort of made fairly clear because the idea is that she is um, 
uh, clairvoyant, isn't she? Mm. And her name's Claire. She's Claire the clairvoyant. Uh, so I, I think she just had a premonition of, oh, I'm going to, there's this woman, this is, this stuff is going to happen. This is the doctor. This is, I mean, for all we know, it could have been the angel sending that message to her. Well, I, I kind of assumed that she didn't pick up on all of that herself. And I think yeah. maybe that she would even admit that she didn't pick up. Yeah. It's like, I got a message through. Yeah. That I, I got doctor this street, this day, this yeah. time, that kind no, of thing. And she, yeah. and she, she lists them out, doesn't she? Yes. Um, God, I can't believe I remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really struggling to remember things about the story. Um, I'm not, that's not said and enjoy it because I thought it was, it was fabulous, obviously, but um, yeah, I th- yeah, I would have thought it was pretty obvious what, yeah, I, I think I think sometimes people because obviously this this series in particular has been quite confusing and you know I hate to use the term timey wimey. Um, you know I think people are ne- are sort of think, trying to second guess things that don't need second guessing. Like oh, but you know there must be another level. I mean maybe there is. Maybe I'm I'm talking out my ass. But um, I think it was just but on the on the, on the flip reverse of that, you're also getting people saying this story is told badly, and it's like it's not finished what? yet. It's not. It's not done. No. Like we're, you know, you, you don't, you don't get halfway through a book and go, I've decided the rest of this book, this whole book, is rubbish. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, like it's, it's it, uh, people are weird, man. People I mean, let's weird. take let, let's take a story like Kinder, for instance. If you just watch episode one of Kinder in isolation, you're not going to go, oh, well, this this story's crap because you know it, no, nothing makes sense. Well, no, of course it doesn't make sense. You haven't watched the other three twenty-five minute episodes. That's that's bonkers, but you know people just feel a need to complain about anything and everything these days. Um, but I loved all that stuff with Claire's character, the the psychic experiments. You know that was a very strong opening to the story with her um, mm. go, undergoing those experiments, and uh, you know the, the the possession idea. Yeah, you know, that, that you know the pupils um, expanding and all that sort of stuff and i, I loved all that the, the the actress playing her part was uh incredibly good at uh, mm. differentiating claire and the voice of the angel like even on that scene on the beach yeah. you know she i don't know if they did a slight bit of modulation but it felt very much like she had lowered her own register i think i think it, i think it, i think it had been slightly modulated yeah um but all that that, that whole sequence i think it was it was very comfort viewing, even though it was obviously very tense. That whole thing with the angels breaking into the house, yeah, because it kind of it's a, it's a base under siege. Yeah, they're trapped in a very small space. Yeah, and there's things outside trying to get in to kill them, and you know, with with the t- the TV on as well and all that sort of stuff. It re- it, it was dripping in that kind of like creepy the monsters coming to get you mm. atmosphere and all of their attempts to try and get in and get at them and yeah. get get kind of in their heads and mess with them. Yeah. I think that is the thing, you know, that, that this episode has provided, you know, Stephen Moffat mm-hmm. gave the Weeping Angels the ability to, you know, turn the bloody Statue of Liberty into a walking, talking, you know, Weeping Angel. Does and that it's make like, sense? that's really, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's very big and grandiose and, you know, sure, it's cool visual, but actually... And it, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Stephen Moffat hadn't originated this, but this whole getting in your head mm. and making you want to turn away. Yeah. And, you know, that's really creepy. That's really dark. It's kind yeah. of like you're making somebody seal their own fate. 
like yeah. you, you know you know you can't last through this so yeah. let's get this over with because with Moffat it was the the Angel Bob thing wasn't it oh Angel Bob because oh I've we've pulled out his this guy's larynx or whatever and we're using his voice uh which is cool and that's scary but somehow I think um having um Kevin McNally you know whose voice just you know yeah. again he he managed to shift the tone of his voice in such a way to make him sound so much more menacing and you know he was dripping with evil um mm. and you know the the idea that they can just adopt someone's voice and like you said really get into their head is is scarier somehow scarier than oh, we we tore out someone's throat and you know fiddled around with his vocal cords or whatever yeah. um but it really did feel like um Chibnall and um Alderton like really just threw everything at this story. Every bit of Weeping Angel lore that they had, it was just like, right, okay, so we're going to have the woman becoming an, an angel, like with Amy mm. Pond, um, but done incredibly well. That whole sequence in the in the bathroom when she first sees the wings yeah. uh, was incredibly well done. Did you see the behind the scenes on how they shot that? No, I didn't, no. So they actually, um, so she obviously looks in the mirror, doesn't she? And she looks up. So they had um, the mirror was just completely cut out. So they had the bathroom made twice and they had a double for the back of Claire's head. And then they had the reflection of Claire was actually Claire just in front of it. So it was it was done that way. Um, So it was all mirrored uh, just via performance. Very clever uh, and really effective. Yeah. And, you know, it felt like a a, like an old 70s horror film. Um, What? I was I was thinking, you know, everybody's going to expect her to look up because that, you know, that is a creepy thing. It's an uncomfortable thing when you go yeah. into the bathroom and brush your teeth and you yeah. look in the mirror. It's like, I know something is going to be stood behind me, growling at me, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah, we all expected an angel to be behind her. Exactly. But actually for the, the wings to be there was like a whole like, whoa, OK. Yeah. And uh, the, the angel dust getting into her eye, I th- thought was quite interesting as well when she yeah. was when they were in the catacombs afterwards and she looks up and you've got that great shot where it comes yeah. right down all the stuff where she's trying to hide becoming an angel from the doctor yeah um you know brushing things away that was really cool um yeah it, it, it's it's made them a potent threat again i think rather mm-hmm. than being they're the one that gets you when you're not looking at them yeah it's like yeah they do but it's more like you could you can't just have that as a story no. You know, they, they, if you put the Weeping Angels in a framework where they need to get you or, yeah, like there, there is this whole other aspect of there's a rogue angel and blah, blah, blah. It just goes to show you can do loads of stuff with them. Yeah. And I think this is the first step in sort of, again, kind of making them the this century's original big bad, you know? Yeah, it gives them more personality because I think when you take a story like Blink, they almost feel kind of like a monster like the Autons, that there's yeah. not much personality there. They're, they are scary because they look unpleasant and they move unpleasantly and, you know, they have their mm. gimmick. Um, whereas Time of Angels and then this one is particularly uh, really built on them actually having a character and, you know, the idea that they might work for somebody else. You mm. know, you what I like about it is that they don't go into too much detail because you, you never want to see too much of them because we don't, we don't want to know that, or oh, they've got a bloody society and all this sort of stuff, maybe hint that there is something there, but you don't want to see that. Cause otherwise then you're just like, uh, okay. Um, 
yeah, that that sort of would undermine them a little bit. But um, so, so, what do you what do you make of the whole uh, their part of division? And and I guess we'll, we'll talk about the, the the ending, I guess, and and what and what it means for everything else. Well, I mean, they they they're, they're described, aren't they, as the quantum assassins or whatever the tenth Doctor refers to them as. Uh, in Blink, so I, they probably were just used by Division to be like, right, well, you're you're our assassination squad. Like you were saying about taking people out of time, it's like, well, who, who else better to do it than yeah, get the angels to do it? And I'm and, sure and, that- and also, as far as the time are concerned, it's like, well, no blood on our hands because yeah. they don't they kill people. So no, there's there's no there's no paper trail. There's nothing like that. Uh, you know, the angels get something out of it you know they get fed they get exactly what they need and i like the idea that you know the angels actually do kill people you know if you get caught yeah, if twice you, if you touch them twice that's a really cool addition yeah that was great that was a really cool moment um speaking of which there was another uh doctor who uh alumni in this story go on so the old man the, the miserable old uh. git looking for peggy yeah uh, he was previously in a peter davison story Right. Could you can you guess which? Matt, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do it. Just tell me. Uh, he played one of the Silurian triads in uh, Warriors of the Deep. My God, was... everybody's everybody's getting their second go round, aren't they? Yeah, yeah actually, think... they've given me something good to do. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was. I didn't. I don't think he was necessarily the main one, but I think he might have been one of the other the other two. Yeah. So he He's was not... a Tarpok. Yes. Oh no, maybe he was Tarpok. Is that the main one? Oh, okay. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't like I that story. So uh, <laughs> you know, um, not not particularly. They they cocked up the Silurians and the Sea Devils with their bucket heads. Yeah. But, um, oh well, never mind. We, so yeah, we, we, he, we, we move on. He can he can finally say I was in Doctor Who, and you can actually see me in Doctor Who. I'm not under a rubber mask with a wobbly head. And it was head. a good one. It's one that people don't ridicule. Really yeah. 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 Um, so where yes, he's, he, so he's singularly gone from being in like one of the most derided stories ever with the bloody Merca to being in probably one of the best. There we go. That's a pretty that's a pretty good exchange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so obviously, cliffhanger. Jody's an angel. Um, this this that, that visual where they kind of it looks like they're forming angel wings yeah. from that kind of top position. That was really cool. So so what happens now? What's going to happen, Matt? I don't know. They, so you saw like a like a planet, didn't we, hanging in space at yeah. the end? Like, is that some sort of division planet? Is that where they've taken the Doctor? Um, obviously, like you said, you know, Yaz and uh, Dan and uh, what's his name, Jericho. You know, they're all stuck mm. in the past for at least three years. Uh, and like, I think you're probably right. I think you're right in saying that it's probably uh, that guy's tunnels. You know, they've they've tried to find a way of locating that or whatever. Because the, the costume that Yaz is wearing, um, there was there, there was some photos taken by location spotters in Liverpool yeah. of Kevin McNally and I think John Bishop, but definitely um, Amanda Gill coming down the steps of Liverpool Town Hall, I think it was. Right. Um, and they're in those costumes. Yeah. So maybe they've managed to like hitchhike their way up to Liverpool. Yeah. And they, you know, because, yeah, I guess but Dan's met Williamson. I don't think Dan knows who he is. No. But Dan has been in the tunnels. Yeah. Dan knows Williamson. Perhaps whatever Williamson was being chased by 
in the tunnels in that segment. Yeah. We'll see what that was in this one. Yeah, maybe. Because it's the same set design for that tunnel network. Yeah. Um, as, as we saw in um, in that story in, in um, Once Upon Time. Yeah. And so, we said, didn't we? We said, it's, you know, they, they clearly made a point of keeping it secret. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the Ood are back. Got the Ood next week. Yeah. Got the Ood next week. week. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and swarms back in in his in his glorious self. Yeah, um, the really grand serpent for, is back. The grand, yeah, the black serpent. So I, yeah, I'm. I'm what what do we think is going on there? Is that is is this another division agent? Is this? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like what what would bring him to Earth in the 21st century? And obviously, um, Carvanista's back as well, and he makes a point in the trailer of saying that the shield around Earth is compromised um so obviously the jeopardy level has has risen um yeah interesting uh i don't i don't understand how he is going to come into the story um because his his whole thing the grand serpent's whole thing felt so uh insular well yeah to that one one story you know that little segment so yeah i i'm 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 very interested because he's with the tardis isn't he the tardis Mm. is in the present so mm. has the TARDIS just been stuck in that village? And the then, whole time. You know, yeah, you know, it was picked up in... Because mm. they said, didn't they, the army came in. The army came yeah. in and took over the village. So, you know, did the army come in? TARDIS goes into mothballs. Unit come along. Yeah. Oh, that's a TARDIS. What's going on here? Maybe the people that move in are like a precursor to unit or something. Yeah. And so Stuart has been sitting on that box yeah. since then. Like yeah. it's been put in the Black Archive or something. Um that would be interesting. Really yeah. cool to see Kate back. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing Kate Stewart and Unit as a whole back in in, in the story next week. Um, I, I hope they can do something with her because I find, and this is no offence to uh, Redgraves uh, at all. You know, I just find the character quite dull. I just don't. She doesn't mm. have much character. Her character is she's the Brigadier's daughter, and it felt like no. she was in Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who stories. The every every episode, every time she appeared, it was like, oh, your father, your father, you know, your father, the brigadier, you know, your dad, the brigadier, yeah, that I really know. Good character that everybody loved. Yeah, your dad. You're not him. You're not him. But remember, what would he do? What would your dad I do? I think that's, that, that does suck because it's like a constant comparison to him. And it's like, well, yeah. she should be able to stand up as a character in her own right, you know. Yeah, I think you just you needed that in that first episode to say, oh, yeah, I'm I'm the brigadier's daughter and be like, yeah, oh, that's nice. And then leave it then. You don't need yeah. the bloody plane to have Nicholas Courtney's bloody picture on it. This is like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's sweet. But, you know, most people at home are not going to know who that is <laughs> or why it's there. And you, you undo all of that lovely sentiment anyway by showing him as a, as a corpse in a Cyberman suit. Uh, we, in, we, you know. we pretend that that didn't happen. Hopefully, maybe the Flux will rewrite that. Maybe. We can maybe. only hope. Maybe the... Maybe the flux is there to like go like to the next showrunner. Like here you go, it's a mm. brand new cosmos for you to play in. Yeah, well, could it could be? It could be. It could be like a a reset button. Who knows? Yeah, my God, really exciting stuff though. And and I'm glad that we had this episode as a sort of a standalone because I, yeah. I think I think as great as the other episodes have been, you know, the, the, 
the, the flux obviously loomed large over the whole plot. And it was nice to have a story where you weren't thinking so much about the flux, yes. but all of the stuff that has, that has come out as a response to the flux. Um, that reared its head in, in nice little ways just to keep you tied in with the plot. And don't worry, it's still going. But in the meantime, here's this really great Weeping Angel story. And shock yeah. horror, it's not kind of the end of them in, in the series at all because no. the Doctor is one now. So yeah. um, really, really cool. I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. Well, I think for uh, the finale, uh, The Vanquishers, um, I think the cast list has been revealed. And I'm pretty sure the Sontarans, the Cybermen, the Daleks, I'm sure they were all mentioned on the cast list. So, right. you know, I think we said last week, do we think that the finale is going to be one of those things where everyone who's everyone is going to, be, going to be in it, even if it's yeah. just as a little aside, you know, I, I don't expect to see much from the Daleks or the Cybermen, yeah. um, but it, it's it, just there to reaffirm that this is affecting everyone, even the big players, um, exactly. which, is, which is really cool. Um yeah, so I think that's probably all we have to say on on Village of the Angels. It was it was fantastic, and yeah, uh, fantastic. yeah I, th- I think everybody really enjoyed it. I don't think I've seen anybody sort of say that nah, it was. Crap. I've seen a few. I've seen a few moans, but you know, obviously that's that's part of the course with with any any TV program. Uh, you know, they've not been moans that are kind of like, oh, you're just disliking it for the sake of disliking it. A lot of people sort of saying, I don't quite get the hype. And that's that, you know, obviously that's more than fair enough. But um, we've we've both really enjoyed it, and yeah. it's just another great story in this great season. So, yeah. and and I actually have a lot more hope for the next two stories to actually effectively wrap things up mm. because I feel like I feel like yeah, we're moving in a direction now where that has to start happening, yes. and I, I have faith that that will that will happen in the next two stories. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think um, something that I said to someone on Twitter was um, my my concern with this whole thing is that this was a fantastic story, but will this end up a bit like the Stephen Moffat stuff? Will it be like we get, you know, the season ends and we go, oh, when we go back and watch The Village of the Angels, we're going to love it and then go... The division that didn't come to anything, or that didn't work well, that's, out well. That's always the fear, isn't it? But yeah. I, I think we just have to go along on. You know, I'm sure some people don't have good faith in it to be in, in it being resolved, either because they've had their, you know, they've had that happen before with Stephen Moffat, or they yeah. don't have faith in Chris Chibnall to do it himself. But I, I have faith at the moment. I have okay. faith, and I, I think I have more faith coming off the back of that last story. Mm. Um, because I, I think it's paced itself well in its reveals. Yeah. And I think if it keeps, if it continues on that path of pacing it the way that they have, yeah. I think we should have a really satisfying conclusion by the end. Yeah. I hope, I hope they've, uh, they've learned from um, the timeless children and yeah. you know, not to just go, here is an info dump. In the last episode. In, in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, yeah, they can, they can drip feed it. Uh, so I guess my final question for you is uh, Weeping Angel stories. How do you rank them now that we've had what, four? This at the top. Yeah. Blink, Matt Smith, two passer. And then probably, yeah, the um, Angels in Manhattan. Okay, uh, I kind of agree with you. I'd say Village of Angels, then I'd say Time of Matt Angels, Smith, the Matt Smith one, then Blink, and then um, we can leave uh, 
angels take Manhattan for the the bin. (laughs) Maybe that's one we should do at some point. Angels take Manhattan. Because I remember, I think, um, I think it was Josh from uh, who knew podcast was like, what's wrong with angels take Manhattan. That's a good story. So maybe we should talk about that. at some point in the future. Uh, I think, I think we're not done with the Matt Smith era. No, not by a long time. More we need to we need to look at there. So maybe yeah, maybe we'll look we'll look to do that. Yeah, in, in the new year at some point. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, thank you as ever, Billy. Thank you for uh, joining me in uh, isolation land <laughs> at the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure as always, my friend. Um, yeah, um, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry to to you, obviously, and obviously. To, so people listening that you're not seeing us in our usual nice plush setup. Yeah, but, um, I mean, I, I tried to point the camera in such a way that you had a bit of a Doctor Who background uh, for those watching on YouTube. And obviously, Billy, you've got a TARDIS and a Dalek. Uh, and the Beatles yeah. have been in Doctor Who uh, occasionally. So, you know, there we go. You've, you've got enough references there. So That's uh, all the connections you're going to get, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Thank you all for for listening. Anything? I can't talk. Thank you all for listening and watching. Um, and we shall see you next time for the survivors of the flux. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>